Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Beautiful and Simple, an online boutique I've created and filled with products that remind me to slow down, enjoy my days, notice the beauty around me, and embrace the simple moments that make up a life well lived. I'm curating new pieces for you and your kids for the holidays and into 2021, so be sure to visit beautifulandsimple.com regularly to see what's new. I'm especially excited about the poetry tea time mugs for kids that are coming. Check out the collection of mugs, shirts, and bags currently available at beautifulandsimple.com. Today's episode is also supported by Pam Barnhill's Morning Basket Plus Membership. If you are a homeschool mom looking for fun, engaging support material to bring truth, goodness, and beauty to your homeschool days, Pam Barnhill's monthly morning basket membership is where it's at. It's on sale right now through tomorrow, October 25th for only $99 for the entire year. It goes back up to the regular price of $150 after that, but honestly, it's totally worth it either way. The membership includes an online support community, monthly morning basket lessons that are absolutely jam-packed with poetry, formal and informal lessons, art and music and video resources, and so much more. I use the monthly themes to naturally incorporate fun and curiosity into our home learning lessons. Find out more at elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash Pam. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash P-A-M. My guest today asked a really important question in the middle of this interview. She said, what are the things we need in a village to feel supported in our motherhood? She is on to something. As humans, we crave connection. As moms, I swear we crave it tenfold. It feels good to be supported and seen and loved and understood wherever we are in our motherhood journey. But there's this message out there or a belief or a generational hangover or something that is holding us back from friendship. Many moms feel like they have to mother alone, that that's just the way it is or even how it should be. But I believe that that's just not true. When you become a mom, you are automatically part of a group, part of a sisterhood that's kind of unspoken and spoken at the same time, whether that's in person, online, or just energetically. You have millions of women surrounding you who get it. Women whom you can call friend for a moment at the park or a season or a lifetime. But certain cultural messages or limiting beliefs can leave us feeling disconnected from that sisterhood. The village is automatic, and yet it also has to be created too. I mean, how confusing. No wonder so many of us feel overwhelmed at the idea of making friends, especially as adults, especially early on in motherhood, or when we're going through a big life shift, like a move, or I don't know, there's just so many things that come up in motherhood, and we're trying to sort out all the details of our life at the same time we're trying to make friends. I'm not going to pretend like it's not complicated because it is. Or many of us fall into the trap of believing that one person can fill all of our needs for us, that there's just one human, a unicorn BFF out there, or even our spouse who can be that support, really see us, know us, love us, and understand us for who we are, a sort of, you know, one-stop shop for friendship. But I'm not sure it's fair to put all of that onto one person and expect them to be everything to us or for us. You know, don't get me wrong. My husband, Chris, who is one of my best friends and my BFF, who is also now a mom, 
make me feel loved, supported, seen, and understood without a shadow of a doubt. But they aren't the only ones who can do that for me. And as I have diversified my friend circle, mostly through moms groups and by connecting with moms, ironically, that I used to babysit for or nanny for way back in the day whose children are older, I inadvertently took some of that burden off of my husband and off of my best friend by having my friendship needs met by others too. Having a diverse group of friends also gives me perspective that one person alone can't provide. There are so many ways we can talk about and examine our friendships, and I really appreciate the way today's guest, Emily Siegel, breaks it down for us. She believes that we can thrive by having five different types of connections in our life, and I think that she's right. Emily has been studying friendship, talking about it, shining a light on it, and really taking the mystery out of friendship so that moms everywhere can start to shift out of this mindset that friends are just too hard to make when we're grownups and busy moms. Today, she is going to help us look at mindset and motivation, give us ideas for how we can overcome obstacles when making mom friends and ways we can give ourselves grace as we learn how to make friendship feel lighter. Emily Siegel is a corporate mom and fierce friend. Host of the Connected Mom Life podcast, she believes that authentic connections are not a nice to have, they are a must have. And she is on a mission to help moms create more of them because she knows we weren't made to mom alone and it's time to stop trying. This conversation left me feeling grateful for the friends I already have. Emily helped me see all the ways they support and understand me, and I'm super grateful. But it also left me feeling open and excited for all the friends that I don't know yet as my seasons of motherhood change. My hope is that you'll feel encouraged and grateful after this episode too. Without further ado, let's welcome the lovely Emily Siegel to the show. Aloha, Emily. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Lori Beth. I am thrilled to be here. I love what you're doing. Oh, thanks. You too. I loved talking with you on your show the other day. It's it's amazing. And I'm so happy to have you over here in this space so that my listeners can get to know you more. So I'm hoping you could start off by sharing a little bit of your story and why you became so interested in mom friendships and connection. Yeah, of course. So, you know, my name's Emily and I live in Dallas, Texas, so not Hawaii. Uh, And we have two boys, ages six and three right now. And we're actually originally from Minnesota. We were married you know, back in 2008, and my husband is a Minnesota lifer, and I, I don't know if you know much about Minnesotans, but they like are dedicated to their state. Did and, not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're very loyal. And so when I married him, I thought, okay, we're going to live in Minnesota the rest of our life. That's you know, that's what we're going to do. And two months after we got married, he came home and was like, you know, I think I want to move to Philadelphia. There's a work opportunity, and I was just shocked, but. I actually had grown up kind of moving around the country a bit with my family and had gone, you know, away for school, uh, for college. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm used to moving. I can do this. Uh, And so we moved and it was one of the best things for our marriage to kind of get away from, not necessarily get away from our family and friends, but to almost have to rely so much more on each other. Um, oh, I understand. You know? As yeah. a person who lives an ocean away from all family, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yes. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yes. And so that was really great for us. That, um, but then we started realizing really quickly, we just didn't have friends and mm. we didn't have kids. We didn't have a dog. Like we didn't have kind of like ways to make friends as adults. And it was just a struggle and we just tried a lot of things and a lot of things didn't work. And, um, it was just kind of rough for a while. And eventually, um, we lived in this like condo community in Philly and Mm -hmm. someone put on the Facebook group of that condo, like, does anyone want to do a book club? And I was like, yes, I do. Maybe this will work for finding friends. I don't know. Nothing else is working. And, the person who put that on Facebook had read a book all about making friends as an adult and how hard it was. And 
so we read that for our first book and it just like debunked so many myths for me about making friends as an adult. I had been for you know the first few years in Philly, I'd been trying to make friends with this belief that no one needed to be my friend or wanted to be my friend. I kind of had this feeling that everybody in Philly, you know, they'd grown up there, they were set on friends they didn't need anymore. And so I was walking around with every into every interaction just thinking, oh, well, I mean, I'll talk to this person, but they probably don't actually want to be friends with me. They're probably just being nice. And I read this book and I just had like this huge aha moment of, oh my gosh, no, like people actually want connection and I've just not been letting them get close to me. Uh, and so it really changed everything. I stopped going into every interaction thinking no one wanted to be my friend. And then I started going in thinking, oh, I, this person's going to want to be my best friend. And of course, you know, that wasn't true, but it really did change everything. And I just started like scooping up friends left and right. Um, and like Philly finally became like a place that really felt like home because we created our own family with the friends that we, mm-hmm. that we had. And so you know, fast forward six years, we decided we're going to move to Texas again, a place where we didn't know anyone. And this time we had a four month old baby and we landed in Texas. And the next day I woke up in our little extended stay hotel and I was on meetup and I was like, okay, let's do this. I know how to do it this time. And, you know, I showed up to a meetup, literally, I think we'd been in Texas two days. We were still living in this extended hotel. All the moms were like, really? You just got here from Philly and you came to this meetup? And I'm like, yeah, I I know what it's like to not have connection and I don't have a minute to waste. So I'm here. Let's do this. You know, um, that is really just kind of where I get so passionate about friendships because as now I've been in the motherhood game now for six years, I just keep meeting moms left and right that just think, oh, you know, this is just a season of loneliness. It's one, it's too hard to make friends as an adult. And then two, like, I don't have the time anyway. I'm a mom. And so that is just kind of what has been really on my heart with kind of what, um, why I'm so passionate about friendships. Because I think people are believing a lot of lies. I know I did. And uh, I know people are feeling alone. And I think that's actually the source of so many of our problems in society. I won't go into all of those, but (laughs) that's really what I'm so passionate about and kind of where it came from. That's awesome. Gosh, all the things. All the things. I am so (laughs) blown away um, in a good way that you came to the mom friend table, I guess, already having an interest in connection and friendship before you had Mm -hmm. kids. Yes. And, you know, I didn't realize I needed mom friends (laughs) until like my baby was three months old and was like, uh, yeah, I felt very alone and I, and I just didn't want to stay in that space. And I I was an extrovert and that is what motivated me to get out and just the need to talk. You know, I just, I work things out by talking and when you're at home with a baby, um, just (laughs) no one's really talking back to you in the traditional way. So, uh, so interesting. I am curious, how did that first meetup in Dallas go? Was it successful? It was. Yeah. That's, it's funny you ask. I'm actually still friends with the mom who hosted it. Oh, um, yeah. So cool. it, it it definitely worked out. And it ultimately really kind of like was the door that led to a lot of my other closer friendships now. Mm-hmm. So all of this and your interest in friendships, it's so interesting. I love how you point out, um, before I move on, before I forget, I love how you point out that we don't necessarily know how to go about making friends. Mm-hmm. I think this is totally true. It's like so many things in adulthood and motherhood, especially, mm-hmm. um, people just assume like, oh, I should already know how to do this. But if you think about it, what models of friendship, you know, do we, are we really following? You know, what, what lessons have we had in making friends and keeping friends, uh, playground roles, you know, from middle school and cattiness and clicks from high school, or, you know, even in college too, if, if that was your thing, there are just, it, it's wild. So that's all we have to go off of. And then we find ourselves as adults and it just feels very awkward. Yeah. And we think we're the weird one. You know, we think that, oh, well, if I don't have friends, there must be something wrong with me. When in reality, we just, we don't have a culture that promotes friend making as adults. And then Mm -hmm. we also don't have 
the models, you know, to your point of like, oh, how do we actually do this? It doesn't, it doesn't work the same the way it used to, nor should it, but, but what does that look like? And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like you're presenting friendship to us as a skill and Uh, a skill is something we're not necessarily born with. We are born with a drive for connection. I do believe Mm -hmm. that, but friendship and the ins and outs of it, it does feel like a a skill and a skill is something that needs to be learned. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Is this what um, motivated your podcast, The Connected Mom Life? Because I definitely agree with your emphasis on friendship and connection and that it's super needed. You know, when you say connected mom life, um, tell us more about your vision behind that and what that connection and that connectedness means to you. Yeah. You know, I really did want to put put, um, content out there to really help with this development of, of that, you know, that friend making skill and muscle that we're not necessarily used to using. And so that was really kind of the impetus of like what I wanted to, what I wanted to address. But at the same time, I also knew that the reason I was able to have healthy friendships was because I, I'm pretty a self-aware person. Um, I'm able, you know, to kind of get in touch with how I'm feeling and realize how that's impacting my relationships. And so I really wanted the podcast to be able to cover kind of more broad content around connection because it's so valuable to be connected to yourself and to know how you're thinking and feeling at any given moment. Because when you know yourself, that is really when you can pour into others and, you know, your connection with your family is so valuable, your connection then with your friends. So it almost kind of like the, the inner work of yourself then growing out to your, your inner village, which I talk about as like your, your, you know, partner, husband, kids, and then that outer village of support, which is really, you know, those, those friendships, um, that support you. And so that's really kind of where it all started. So good. So good. <laughs> I, just, I love your take on that. Self-awareness is so key mm-hmm. in so many areas of our lives. And I love how you're talking about friendship as, you know, a muscle that we don't get to exercise very often. You know, we just sort of assume that the, the muscles that served us in our youth are going to serve mm-hmm. us as an adult. I love that analogy, but I especially love the self-awareness piece because I think that that is a missing component for a lot of moms because we're encouraged with cultural messages to seek out experts, you know, quote unquote experts, and that other people outside of us have the answers to all of our needs. And you know what? I think that bleeds over into our relationships and our friendships that we kind of see other people as serving needs for us rather than us being active, like two-way street participants in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That self-reflection piece too. Like when I think back on when I was trying to make friends in Philly, nothing about my kind of where I was going to do that changed. But when I did that inner work and realized that I was self-sabotaging myself, you know, I'm the one that changed. And that's really when I started attracting friends left and right. And it was nothing about necessarily my strategy of where I went or who I talked to, but it was me, you know, being able to really uh, understand how I was presenting myself and what was kind of stopping me um, and and sabotaging potentially some of those relationships from even getting started. Mm -hmm. So good. My gosh. Let's talk about the five types of mom friends that you have kind of put together. I love this list and it makes so much sense to me. So I'd love for my listeners to hear from you about the five different types of mom friends um, because this list has been just so life-giving for me. Just want to say that up front that in this time of so much turmoil and all this drama online and oh, the world is just so tense right now and friendships and, and family relationships are just kind of tainted by politics and and COVID and views and and tension. Mm -hmm. So when you presented me with this list, actually everyone who follows you on Instagram with this (laughs) list, um, it felt very life-giving. And I could pause for a moment and reflect on my friends who fill me up and who actually do fall into these five types of mom friends. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. That that was really my hope in presenting moms with these types to just help kind of understand, 
you know, where am I with, with my friendships and with my connections? What's working well? What's, you know, um, you know, maybe, you know, not working as well. And so I put these together, uh, and the first connection type that I personally have found very life-giving as a mom is what I call same-season friends. So these are going to be friends that are, are going through roughly the same season of life as you at roughly the same time. So things like you're both getting married, or you're both single and raising kids, or divorced and raising kids. Um, you've got kids the same age. You may be are a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or an in-between mom. Basically, like kind of whatever your joys and struggles are should be really relatable. And one really big advantage of this, of having friends that are in the same season, is like you just you need to have people that understand what you're going through and can really speak truth into that from a from a space of understanding it. Um, you know, those, you know, understand that what you're going through, both that good and the bad. And this connection is huge for feeling less alone. I think you kind of um, mentioned earlier, you know, when you were a mom with a three-month-old, you know, that just, you needed mom friends. You needed someone who knew what you were going through. And I think this is almost like the primal one that people don't even need to hear from me that they need. They they instinctively know, I, I need someone that understands what I'm going through. And that is where same season friends can become so valuable. Mm-hmm. I still think it's really wonderful to point it out, um, though. It, it seems obvious, but I will say I have heard from a lot of moms who are like the first one to have a baby in their group, and then they feel like they should still stick solely to the friend circle that they already have, but then no one else is really understanding where they are because they've gone first, you know, or even the later moms who are friends with moms who have already had kids and their kids are like 10 and then they have a 10 month old, you know, and it's just very different and they don't feel free to seek out those new same season friends because honestly, these are going to be new to you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think back to my own you know motherhood journey, like I wanted at the beginning, I wanted to talk about breastfeeding all day long, yes, <laughs> all day long, same. you know, and <laughs> You know, you need same season friends to to hang in there with you through the amount, you know, that you really want to dig into those types of topics, potty training, all of it. Like, you know, your, you know, friends that are not in the same season will definitely talk to you about that, maybe share advice, but they're not necessarily ready and willing to go to the depths that you are really craving in those moments. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. So the second connection is uh, different season friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be someone the opposite of those same seasons. So they're not necessarily going through your exact same stage of life. And I love these friends for multiple reasons. The first can be that they can remind you of your life outside of motherhood, particularly at the beginning when you're really in the thick of you know, everything breastfeeding or everything potty training. It's just kind of nice to be reminded, oh, you know, I was a person before this little person came along. And I think they can play a really great role in that. They also, um, their time might, might, and availability will likely just look a little different than yours. And personally, what I have found when it's having kids is like my same season friends can rarely hang out with me because mm-hmm. they are all trapped in their homes, like during nap times and during bedtimes where my friends that either don't have kids, they potentially have the ability to come over and hang out with me a little bit more easily. And, you know, those that have older kids, like they can like really help me out at times when, you know, with when I can't with my younger kiddos. Like I think about when I had my second son, we had moved to Texas, and this is actually a mistake I made. I I poured all my weight into same season friends when we moved here. I was like, I need moms, and I need moms that have babies, and that was great. But then I had a second kid, and my moms in the same season couldn't help me with my second kid because they were struggling with their second kid, right. and so my the moms that I you know, I had a few of them that had older kids and they could like take my oldest son and kind of keep him occupied and give me some baby time. Um, but that was definitely something that was a, a huge advantage to having more than just friends in that same season. 
Mm -hmm. I love that that one comes next, because even though I just said, you know, if you're trying to stick with your friends, you know, that you Mm -hmm. already have sort of thing, they do play a role. Very, very, very big role. And you know what? Shout out to my friends, uh, Karen Miller and Angela Kruger, who went before me (laughs) and have the older kids. And you're right. When I was having issues and needed to text someone who understood, but who was available, it Mm -hmm. was definitely, definitely, definitely them. And I am beyond grateful for them showing up during that time. And you're right. It is like it becomes like a time thing. And then also, So they are, I guess, I don't want to say far enough removed from it, but they have um, hindsight Mm -hmm. that I don't have when I'm in the thick of it. Yes. Yep, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, I love them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm hugging them over the airwaves. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the third connection is, and I use air quotes here around work, but Mm -hmm. work friends. Mm -hmm. And I put work in quotes because... I really want people to think about these connections that you spend like a good chunk of your time with. So, you know, if you do not work outside the home and are a stay at home mom, um, you know, I don't assume like your kids are your coworkers. I'm not talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, making work friends with your kids, but you know, I, for those moms who maybe are solopreneurs and they're working from home, they often will network and find other moms that are working from home or working on their own to create their own type of community of people that understand their own work challenges. And so I definitely recommend when I say work friends, if you're a stay-at-home mom, I think about that as like you need to make sure that you're connecting with other stay-at-home moms as well. And then if you do work outside the home, really like you are spending a good chunk of your day in that place. And um, there is so much research around people enjoying their job so much more if they have a friend at work. And to me, work friends are like the ideal, particularly when you're a working mom, because time is feels maybe extra limited. And so this is one way that you can you know, really tap into friendships and community while kind of double dipping while also being at work. And all the research says this is actually better for productivity anyways. The employers don't even have to be worried about that. In fact, they should be encouraging you to find friends at work. It's a win-win for everyone. And Mm so, yeah, I always recommend, you know, wherever you're kind of like spending your most time, that is where you want to look for friends. Don't worry about kind of those old stereotypes that like don't mix business and pleasure. No, (laughs) you need to. It's life-giving, in fact, for everyone. Mm, Agreed. And, you know, my new work friends, if you will, are Mm -hmm. podcasters. And I'm so grateful for them because – uh, it sometimes feels like it's me sitting in my home office mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to figure all these things out, learn new skills in this sort of new field, new-ish field, and they just get it, you know, yeah. hop on these uh, interviews and they just get it. And I didn't realize that this area of friends um, was necessarily something I was lacking until about a year ago. Actually, I didn't realize it till you, you put it on the list and <laughs> showed us the list. But then I realized that, yeah, about a year ago, I felt lit up a little more. I did feel like I finally had coworkers in a sense. And that's actually mm-hmm. how I would describe them to my husband of like, I do feel like I have coworkers and they are also podcasters. And it's just so, 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 so life-giving, really, truly. And I had no idea. So thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. And it's especially great too, you know, if you can find same season friends at work, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not that these, you know, types are all standalones, but you know, you'll find some overlap too, but it's, it's kind of making sure you've got everyone in each of these different buckets. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you're an overlap too with the six and the mm-hmm. three-year-old because I have a six and a three-year-old oh, and a five-year-old yeah. too. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, phew, boy, she gets it and then she gets it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Love that. All right. So the fourth connection is what I call neighbors. And I really like to think of this as anyone that is within a five-minute driving distance from your home, but it's mm. even better if it's five minute walk or even on your same street. Um, And I know that's not always possible depending upon kind of where people live and what neighborhoods might look like. But 
there is a um, a principle out there called the proximity principle, mm. and it it um, shows us that people are more likely to be friends with those that they live nearby. So, in so many ways, neighbors can make for really ideal friends because of that proximity principle. They're they're just around. They're physically potentially more available than any other type of connection that's in your life. Um, and so, I'm really a huge fan of trying to meet as many neighbors as possible because. I know that it's a lot more easy to get together with friends if all I have to do is walk outside and, you know, walk down the street versus get in my car and drive across town. Even a five, 10 minute drive can start to feel like a little bit more daunting Mm -hmm. where, you know, the, the opportunity for spontaneity and for like, oh, hey, my kid's down for a nap. Like, do you want to meet in the driveway and have some wine tonight? Like those types of things just become much more easy to have happen And then, of course, like neighbors are great in general. You know, you can kind of back and forth help each other when one of you goes out of town. You can watch, you know, capture the mail or pull the trash cans in. Um, It's just nice to know that you've, that you know who lives around you and you know, like someone's going to be looking out for your house when you're not there. Um, So, for those reasons, I think neighbor connections uh, are huge for for any mom uh, to have in their village. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm already thinking of a couple neighbors that I have that just, yeah, it feels like they're there for us and that mm-hmm. we are there for them. Absolutely. And I like this proximity principle. It makes sense to me. I think it makes sense to a lot of moms. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny. I went to high school um, and, and uh, kids kind of drove in from potentially even like 45 minutes away. So we were yes. pretty sprawled out mm-hmm. and all of my best friends lived within five minutes of me. And I think a lot about that proximity principle. And it was because it was just so much easier for us to hang out than it was with some of the other, you know, kids that we went to school with. And it, you know, it wasn't that we didn't like them, but we had more time and, and opportunity to spend with each other because of that proximity piece. And even my husband and I joke a little because I met him in high school and we hung out because we lived, you know, five minutes apart. And I'm like, man, I wonder what <laughs> Would we have ever gotten married if you would have been one of those kids that lived 30 minutes out, you know? Right. Hmm. Interesting. It is interesting. Uh I like this group too, because it kind of gives us permission to give in to Mm. the ease of it all. You know, there are definitely some people I feel close with because they're close. You know, it just, it, it's easier to welcome them in knowing that they are close by for all the reasons you just listed for sure. And I love the spontaneity piece. That's, that's kind of my favorite of if my kids are a little bit cranky and it feels like they need to get out, but we're already outside. (laughs) It still Mm -hmm. feels like we need to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm like, you know what, let's walk up the road and see our our neighbor friend, you know, and I'll text and see, and it is much more spur of the moment. And I feel like we need that in our lives too. So the neighbor, the neighbor friendships definitely feel that for us too. I love that you pointed that out. You know, and as you were saying that, it made me think too, like, I think we can sometimes be pickier, you know, if someone lives further away from us, where with neighbors, you know, we have who we have and we, I think we're more open to engaging with them because of that proximity piece. And I know my mind has been open, you know, to people that I maybe wouldn't have been as open to if they didn't live just next to next door to me. And I've, I've found, learned a lot from them. I found a lot of value between our, you know, our reciprocal friendship that I maybe would never have had if they didn't live near me. I don't know that we, we would have ever connected and, and there's something really special about it that, um, wouldn't have happened, you know, without, Mm -hmm. without that openness too. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you pointed out the pickier piece because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We don't necessarily always choose our neighbors, yeah. but you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised what you get if you're mm-hmm. if you're open for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So the last connection um, that I really think every mom needs are what I call extracurricular friends. So obviously we all have interests outside of our jobs and our kids and our families and it's really fun to experience those with others who enjoy them too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I talk to a lot of moms who are like, well, I don't really have hobbies. Um, If if you do, if you're a runner or if you like playing tennis, like, you know, that would qualify as those, you know, people you like to run with or or play tennis with. I know I did a boot camp when I was in Philly that I love. So I had boot 
boot camp friends that made going much more enjoyable. Uh, we hung out after that kind of thing. Um, but all of these types of things are definitely more fun together than apart. And I think of your, your example of podcasting, you know, that is, you know, something I consider maybe a hobby slash business as well. And like very few of my friends have this interest. Mm -hmm. And so I, like you have kind of created this whole online community of podcasting friends that I can geek out, you know, on all things podcasts in ways that, you know, my, my husband is willing to talk to me about my podcast. Obviously he's interested in things I'm interested in. Same with my friends. They care, they ask, but kind of getting back to that breastfeeding piece of like, no one wants to go to the depths that I want to talk about with podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I know that that wouldn't be a good, you know, um, good use is probably not the right word, but like that wouldn't be tending to that friendship. Well, that's not, you know, what it, what it needs for us, but I know I need it. And so extracurricular friends can really provide that. And then they can also go like that extra layer of, if you think about your kids, you know, if they're involved in sports or um, outside activities, you know, there's potential friends there too. I personally find it so much more fun, you know, to connect with those on the soccer field uh, you know, on Saturday morning, um, and connect with the other parents around and maybe go, you know, go to the park after or go to lunch after, mm-hmm. um, because we've got that connection of, you know, soccer is bringing us together, but it's more fun, you know, if we all connect and engage while we're here. Um, and so that extracurricular piece can, can be a little flexible and, and go into a lot of spaces. Yeah. And I, I do appreciate that about that point. Um, because I think that when we, often think of extracurricular, we're thinking about activities, Mm -hmm. but really it's almost like topic based friendships. I was thinking about this list in relation to my life and my friends that I have. And I have friends where we dive into a lot of health things together. You know, we feel like we're on these different health journeys. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I have a group of friends um, who are super into Weston A. Price. And so we listen to podcasts together and then talk about that. You know, what did you think of this podcast? And what did you think of this episode? And what do you think of this topic? And, and I would consider them to be my extracurricular friends. I also have some that, you know, overlap with the neighbor stuff and the same season stuff. Um, I'd almost consider homeschool friends to be in this category as well, because when we get together, we often talk about, well, all the things, you know, because homeschool is all the things, but we talk about homeschool on occasion so we can touch base on that. So in the homeschool community with a lot of families coming into the space um, out of need or or want, um, people are always seeking out homeschool friends almost with a energy of like, end all be all, you know, Mm -hmm. like they, this, I need this group. I need this group of friends who are the only ones who will understand when really you're presenting with us with a list where there isn't just one group of friends that is everything to you. Right. And you're not putting that pressure on them to be everything to you. Yeah, exactly. I think that is what I love a lot about this connection type in particular is that it can take the weight off of some of your other friendships and Mm -hmm. also, you know, not make you feel like you have to abandon them either, you Mm -hmm. know, or that you're like constantly looking for, you know, the pinnacle BFF that, that, you know, hits all the boxes. Yes. It would be great if our best friend lived next door, worked with us, you know, was going through the exact same season in life and also loved podcasting. But, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a lot to ask of one person it and, is. and nor do I think we need to. Uh, so I, I think that's a really good point. And I, I'm glad you said that about extracurricular because I haven't loved that name. So I think I might even play with that. As you were talking, I was thinking, oh, you know, it, passion project probably, you know, isn't quite it either. Um, and maybe, maybe topics is right. Maybe that you're, I think you're onto something there for sure. I'm gonna have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was, gosh, all the things. Yeah. You got my mind just racing this morning. First thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I love that piece about expanding our lists for the reason of releasing our best friend or our Mm -hmm. partner or our Mm -hmm. husband from being the 
everything to you all the time role. Um, because I do think that that starts to get a little intense. And as a person whose best friend and husband live with them, <laughs> there is no way that they, one of them could be everything to me at any given time. And when I let go of that idea a long time ago about marriage, I feel like it's a myth of marriage, you know, that your husband is your best friend. And my husband is my best friend. He's one of my best friends. And he definitely is in the top category (laughs) of all that. So I'm not saying he's not. But um, to put all that pressure on him to be everything to me was just too much. And the moment that I was able to let go of that and seek out these different types of friendships, literally the list that you gave without me realizing that that's what I was doing, um, it was just so much more even. My relationship with him was so much more even and enjoyable because I didn't have this spoken or unspoken expectation that he be everything to me and fill every need and listen to the deep breastfeeding conversations and listen to the deep podcasting conversations. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I already asked so much of him already, you know, as the father of my children and a business partner and all of that, that for me to fill my needs and my cup with these other types of friendships. Yeah, really good, really good advice you have there. Yeah. I I love what you said too about, you know, you've let go of that years ago. You know, I mean, there's so much research around marriage and, and, and why divorce rates are so high. And if you look culturally at the pressure that we put on marriage that we never used to, Mm -hmm. there's just such high expectations for, for our partner to be so many things And the reality of that, you know, is, is it's very challenging to bring that to life. It's not impossible. Um, but but it's a lot, you know, to ask mm-hmm. of one person. And I think when we can all let go of that expectation, because it's the expectation that is making us so upset or the unmet expectations that are, you know, potentially hurting our marriages and our partnerships because we, we have um, potentially too high of expectations on that partnership. And that's really what I love about these different types of connections is to your point, it really takes that pressure off uh, and allows your, your marriage and partnership to, to be, you know, what it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. Well, this list really spreads out um, the the life givingness. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of the right word for it, <laughs> but it, it spreads out the responsibility, the connections, all of it, so that it's way more doable. And it takes pressure off of specific friends too, because oftentimes, like you said, we're 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 busy searching for this one person, you know, mm-hmm. this one BFF. The yeah. Ah, and it's just, it's too much pressure. And there's no way that that person could be the neighborly um, connectedness and be your work friend and be in a different season while also being in the same season. Yes. The myth of the BFF. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. It's a myth and we need to bust it. Yeah. Way to go. Well, how did you come up with this list? Did you just sit down one day and we're like, you know what? Um, I've got to figure this out. Or did it just come to you? I'm super curious. Yeah, you know, so I uh, I do one-on-one connection audits with with women, with moms, and kind of the formula that I had uh, come up with to walk them through that was really around kind of what research has shown around friendship. And a lot of researchers basically come to the same conclusion when it comes to friendship. The the formula, you know, if you if you want to look for a formula, is you need to have positivity. You need to have consistency and you need to have vulnerability. Mm. And so I was working with women through these different aspects and evaluating their different friendships and kind of seeing where people fell on the scale of these three combinations. And it was really interesting. Uh, I was working with someone who had um, really great friendships, a ton of them, in fact. Um, and yet she was still feeling really unsatisfied. And mm. when we dug in, it was really about the fact that she didn't have anyone in her same season. She happened to be one of those people that was really the only one in her friend group to have uh, babies. And so, uh, and on top of that, she had moved away from them by about an hour. Mm. And so, she was just confused, you know, like most of us, like even when I moved to Philly, it was like, well, no, I have friends. The The problem is that I don't, the problem is not that I don't have friends. The problem is that I don't have friends here or 
I don't, I don't have anyone that understands exactly what I'm going through. And so when I really dug into why people were feeling unsatisfied, even though they technically had friends, it often came down to this craving of, but I want a friend to run with, or I want a friend um, to talk about breastfeeding with, or that like is going to get what's happening. My husband travels so much for work and, and I'm working and this is just crazy and my friends don't get it. And so that's really kind of when I did, dug into what are those basic needs that we're all trying to fulfill um, and why are our friends not measuring up? And it was often because of some of those different pieces, just you know the topics that we want to dive into in, in depth form. And then also, um, you know, the types of things we're experiencing, we want others who are also experiencing them. So that's kind of what started this list. And it got me thinking about, okay, well, what really are the things we need in a village to feel supported in motherhood? Uh, and that's where these five kind of came to be. Mm-hmm. I love that depth. <laughs> Not till you just spoken aloud, have I ever thought about what are my friendship needs? Mm-hmm. Because I think that we say, you know, I need friends, yeah. but we don't flip it around and say, what are, what are, what needs do I need in my friendship? What are my friendship needs? Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I don't want it to be like so s- selfish either. You know, well, this is what I need right now. But the reality is that, you know, if you fulfill your own needs, the likelihood of that also fulfilling your new friends meet- needs or the friendship that you're strengthening needs is also really high. So um, mm-hmm. I don't think of it you know, too much as a, a selfish act, but, but one that's beneficial for everyone. Right. Just, well, self-awareness, there's like a mm-hmm. certain amount of, you just have to look at yourself and what your needs are and, and wants and where you are and be honest with yourself. Um, I do believe that friendship is a lot of give and take. Um, do you ever see that when you're doing these friendship audits of like, maybe you're not happy because you're only taking and not giving, or you're unhappy because you're only, you feel like you're only giving and not asking for anything for yourself? Oh yeah. Uh, we see that, I see that a lot. It's really, it's tough. Um, Mm -hmm. particularly when women feel like they are investing in a friendship and not getting that reciprocity back or if they feel like they're the only one that's ever reaching out. So we, we really do dig into that and it, it tends to look a little different every time. Mm -hmm. Um, one person I was, um, you know, doing this audit with recently said, gosh, you know, particularly before the pandemic things, had been progressing really well with a new friend and then it just kind of halted and she just feels like it's a little one-sided right now. And when we dug in, what we realized was the person that she was, you know, progressing really well with initially, um, in hindsight was actually in a really different season as her. And she's actually in a season of trying to find a life partner. And, um, the, you know, the person I was talking to was married and, you know, really just looking for friendship. And so it was almost like, they were both open to friendship, but the person I was talking to wanted more from that friendship than the other person was probably ready and willing to give just based on her current season. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, I also talked to a lot of moms who, you know, that I reach out every time. It would be nice if they also reached out. We work through that and um, thinking about who exactly – you know, they're talking to and whether that person, you know, just might be bad at reaching out or might have just Mm -hmm. had a baby and, you know, really try to explore those ideas outside of, oh, she just doesn't like me or, you know, what else could be going on? Because I think we're so quick to go to this space of, oh, well, it's me. Well, probably not, actually. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, this is like a PSA for all my friends. Who text me? <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, honey, I do love you, and I do want to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, this is actually interview seven out of eight in a six-day run. Uh, you know, yeah, just and that was the week after my birthday week when I turned forty, which was, you know, kind of a big deal. So we kind of made it a big deal within our family. And now I'm looking at the end of this and putting my head up and being like, "Whoa, what happened? That mm-hmm. felt like a time warp." You know, I've got 24 unread text messages on my phone. And let me just check uh, 39,000 unread emails. Oh, yeah, same, same. Yep. It just yep. is, it's wild. And, and I wish um, that I was better at time management. I almost <laughs> said, I wish I had more time, but we all have the same amount of time. Yep. I wish I was a little bit better at it sometimes. But, you know, if you don't hear back from me, it's not because I don't love you. It's because man, just mm-hmm. every once in a while, I get into these super busy spots. So I think that's really good of just understanding what that we're in relationship, right? That 
our needs and, and the friend that we're trying to make or the friendship that we're trying to maintain, you know, there's just so many different factors that are there. Um, and just to kind of look at it a little bit more objectively, and I hate to say impersonally, but I think that we could use a dose of that every once in a while. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hmm. Well, do you have friends from each of these categories right now? Oh, I love this question. So yes, I do. However, I do still feel like I have a few things missing. Mm. And um, I bring this up because, you know, I talked about that friendship formula before. Because having these connections, it's not necessarily about having like a certain number in each category either. Mm. This is where then you start to look at, okay, well, how satisfied am I with the level of consistency with which I'm seeing this connection or the emotional intimacy that we share, um, the vulnerability that we share? And when I look at my connections, I technically have them in all five categories, but I'm not necessarily satisfied with the depth of them. Gotcha. And so right now I'm in a season of really wanting more depth and actually more numbers with my neighbor connections. Mm. Um, I really have this deep desire for my kids to be able to just like run over to a neighbor's house and to feel really comfortable with where they're going. And we definitely have neighbors where this happens. Um, It's less of a running over. It's more of a mom's texting back and forth and orchestrating it. So Mm -hmm. it's not like to the organic place that I'm really desiring. It's not quite to the place of like, hey, I need you to take my kid, you know, without like a little bit. I could do that now, but there's a level of guilt that would slightly be associated more so than I'd want. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'm actually really glad you asked this question because I think people assume that I'm, you know, I'm a person that's talking about friends all the time. And so I think there's an assumption that people think that I'm set, you know, and I definitely have seasons where I'm, you know, more and less satisfied, but really what I want moms to take away from, you know, what they're hearing from me is that at the end of the day, we're called to a lifetime of friendship making. Mm. And in some ways that can feel really disheartening because I think we're all just kind of like feel like we're climbing this hill trying to get to the top and think, okay, yay, like I'm here. I've found my people and I'm done. Um, But the reality is that I don't know that that's ever going to be the case because our seasons are always changing. Our needs Uh are always changing. And we really need to learn how to use that muscle because we're going to have different types of connection needs over the course of our lifetime. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we just kind of think we're always striving for something, we're, we're going to be disappointed that we're never maybe totally there. Um, or we get there and then, you know, the next year, wait, why isn't it there anymore? Um, so yeah, so I'm definitely, I've got all five types of connections right now, but I would say I'm definitely still a work in progress and imagine I always will be to some extent. It's awesome. Thank you for normalizing season changes and lifelong learning and friendship. Seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good um, because it is something like a muscle that has to be worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And the more you use it, you know, just like anything, it's it's easy. So like people hear me say, oh, you're going to have to do this your whole life. And that, that feels really daunting and, and, and hard. But once you get used to it, it's like, oh, no, this is just this is just what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it becomes fun. much lighter and easy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't a heavy, right? I, I think that we're also encouraged, I think, in motherhood to make a, a heavy out of everything. You mm-hmm. know, making friendships is so hard. Motherhood is so hard. It's so hard. Life is so hard. It is. But there is some lightness to it, too. And there, the friendships are, are fun and they can be fun. And if they are going a little bit awry or we're feeling dissatisfied, you know, if we take some time to do the self-reflection, have the self-awareness and figuring out, figure out what it is we need. But then also understanding that our needs are going to change, too. I mean, oh, it just brings a lightness to this topic and a depth too. That's what I can't get over. I feel like you've gone deeper and lighter all at the same time. It's it's so good. (laughs) How much do you think personality types like introverted versus extroverted, you know, have to do with the five types of friendships and making friends? Like, do you think it's easier or harder based on personality types? Yeah. You know, I definitely think that some things are easier for introverts and some things are easier for extroverts and some things are harder for introverts and some things are harder for extroverts. So I think we, when we think of friendships, we automatically think, oh, the poor introverts, you know, they, um, you know, they're the ones that really need the most help when the reality is that sure, they might need a little bit more support when it comes to 
meeting new people. They might mm-hmm. want some more kind of like handholding with, oh gosh, what do I say? This is really uncomfortable. I don't like putting myself out there. So there's only strategies that that they can employ, um, you know, so that they don't feel like they're losing their sanity while they're trying to make new friends. Um, but they are really well positioned to go deeper once they have those connections. Where extroverts sometimes struggle because they can talk to everyone, but they don't. They almost need a strategy more than introverts because they sometimes can easily cast, you know, such a wide net. Um, they're probably the the most um, likely to get caught in the trap of, wait, I have friends, but why am I not feeling satisfied? And it's because. That's right. You know, they didn't necessarily either go as deep or they didn't, you know, kind of look at, well, what are my needs where, you know, I'll stereotype introverts here, but sometimes they are just a little bit more self-reflective sure. in knowing kind of what they might be going after. And because it's so much energy for them, they they naturally are a little bit more targeted mm-hmm. um, where extroverts, um, I, I talk a lot about uh, spirit and strategy when it comes to friendship making, because, you know, you think about. I love how you talked about this as a skill. You know, when you think about uh, networking in in career and in your business, you know, you are you're being really strategic about how you're going about that. Where with friends, I think we often just kind of let our gut do do the do the work. And I just think if we brought our spirit, our gut together with um, with strategy, I mean, our villages would would be amazing. There would be mm-hmm. no stopping us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And strategic can sound a little stagnant um, or, you know, calculated, mm-hmm. but really what you're talking about is authenticity, really, truly. So, you know, we're saying strategic, but there has to be that authenticity behind it in order for it to work. And you're you're right. Unstoppable. I love it. I'm like fist in the air. Do, 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 do. <laughs> same, same. Awesome. Well, any advice for moms who feel like they're having a hard time making friends? Uh, yeah, I, you know, um, you're like, that's a whole other show. Uh, well, it could be, but one, you're not alone. That's, that's the big thing. I think so many of us think that, oh, if I'm having a hard time making friends, it's just me oh, where, you know, if you look at the statistics, no, um, it's, it's almost devastating how many moms, you know, might nod their head when you ask hard time making friends. Yep. Yeah, you know, they're raising mm-hmm. their hand. Um, and I, I think this might sound cliche, but I really encourage moms to start with asking themselves, you know, what beliefs do you have about you and your ability to make friends? Kind of starting with that inner work because, you know, those are likely the the beliefs that are limited, limiting your ability um, to make friends. And then when it comes to the how, gosh, it's just so helpful to give yourself grace. Um, I mm-hmm. often tell moms, like, think back to to dating, you know, for marriage, you didn't mm-hmm. necessarily marry everyone you dated. And like today we think, gosh, well, if a friendship doesn't work out, that there's something wrong with us. And it's like, well, no, that relationship just wasn't a good fit. Just like mm-hmm. that person wasn't a good fit for, to be your partner in life. And so if we can kind of remove some of those limiting beliefs and the pressure that every interaction has to turn into your best friend, that in itself can do wonders to make making friendship making feel lighter, which I do think naturally attracts friends. So good. That is absolutely not cliche. And that is absolutely the most effective step one for sure. I love that. This is such a cool list and such a great idea and so life-giving just by being out there. Is there a place where moms can find out about the importance of friendship and the maintenance of friendship? Is there anything that you offer for moms? Um, You mentioned the one-on-one connection audits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I do one-on-one connection audits with moms. I also uh, offer a free guide to building your village where I detail out Kind of all the steps for making friends, even down to like what to say, how to say it, when to say it. Uh, I've got a quiz too that can give you a sense of how strong each of your connections are in these areas. So all of that is uh, at my website, theconnectedmomlife.com, um, and you'll you'll find it all there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to encourage people to go to your Instagram too, yes. because your story highlights are so cool. And my favorite one <laughs> is the when you say how to do things and what to say and all of that, you're not kidding. You're one about um, digits and like getting mm-hmm. people's mm-hmm. phone numbers and connecting and all of that. I, I watched that twice because I was like, 
wow, that's really good. That is how you ask for somebody's phone number. Oh, I or, love it. It just made so much sense. And I think that we as moms, I know I'm an overthinker big time, you know, I'll just actually talk myself out of it or be like, was that weird? Or, you know, was I being awkward? Or, oh my gosh, or what if they don't want to? Or, you know, all the things, all the things, but you really break it down and make it doable and not so embarrassing or awkward to connect with other moms and, you know, ask for their phone number, like we're dating or something. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when you were on, on my show talking about how, you know, you saw another mom in a restaurant with a kid your age and and you're like, I attacked her. I was like, good. I was over here hoping you would. (laughs) Here's a used sticky note with my number. Call me. (laughs) And, and she responded. So I know we, we, yeah, we definitely have this this feeling that we're the only one that wants connection. But the reality is that, you know, it might feel awkward to go ahead and ask for that number or even give that number. But the reality is that the that mom that that um, women is woman is probably pretty grateful that you took the mm-hmm. step and did that. Exactly. Exactly. Emily, you are so awesome. I'm going to link to all of your amazing resources in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today and shining a light on friendships and giving them depth and helping us understand them and really understanding ourselves too. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Lori Beth. It is a, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you liked today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. Links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, Mama. I appreciate you.